Welcome back to the Trifecta Soft Podcast. I'm your host, E-Rock. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you haven't already, so you never miss another podcast. Also, do me a favor. Go on to whatever podcast app you listen to us on and give us a rating and review. That really helps us rank in the searches. Thank you so much. Let's get into the podcast. So welcome to the podcast, man. Thanking you. Good to be here. Hell yeah. So you're uh, Rob the Armorer. Yep, that's the one on Discord, yeah. Your Instagram is, uh, is it just Robert on there? Um, Yeah, it, well, in the bio it's Robert, but it's rt.airsoft. It's just my initials. Oh, that's um, right. Because I'm very original like that. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I don't even have my... Uh, my name on there. It's just uh, Trifecta Airsoft. So, yeah. So you got you guys uh, played the same fields that from some of the guys I've talked with already, right? Like Curly or somebody like that. Uh, I believe so. Uh, yeah. So um, that means listening to some of their podcasts back in the past, and you know they played a little bit of fields that I played at. Um, I haven't really had a chance to experience a lot of fields in the UK though, so yeah. I'd really like to you know, get out there and do it, but <laughs> it's just finding the time. Are you in the, uh, so what, what field do you play at mostly? So most of the time it's sort of split directly between two. Yeah. And it's, uh, so I'm a member at East Midlands Airsoft Club, which is okay. a little site at a place called Ancaster near to where I'm stationed. And, um, it's a woodland site. It's awesome. Um, Got a lot of good places there, and it's it's a proper good laugh, good bunch of people that play there. And the other place that I play at is Outpost Airsoft in, near Chester. Um, okay. Because my girlfriend stays over in that kind of region, so, yeah. Nice. You said uh, where you're stationed. Are you in the military? Uh, yes, I'm in the Royal Air Force. Been in the Royal Air Force now for around five years. That's been my five-year point this month, so. Awesome. Yeah. Have you uh, gotten to travel at all, being in there? I wish. No, it's been more like the four corners of the UK for me. So. <laughs> yeah, all your training stuff is uh, is just local, right? Uh, yeah. So I've been fairly fortunate to have quite a varied career to start with. So as a, I'm employed as a weapons technician or armorer, as my Discord handle sort of goes. Nice. And so within the RAF, it's quite a broad spectrum trade. So we deal with anything from little sidearms right the way to aircraft weapons, you know, like missiles, bombs, things like that. It's it's pretty awesome. So I've had the chance cool. to do a lot of, lot of different stuff there. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it's, it, it, I mean, there's definitely some downsides to the job. <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's pretty pretty cool. Uh, some of the stuff I've been able to do. So, yeah. Yeah, one of the guys I grew up with, uh, we went in the military at the same time, but he went in the navy, and uh, he did similar kind of work. I guess I don't know if he was an armor, but uh, he loaded the missiles and bombs onto like F-15s and stuff like that. That's and he sick. actually yeah. was stationed at uh, Miramar. Where uh, Top Gun was filmed, you know the movie? awesome film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I went out there a couple times to see him, and he showed me the hangar. They actually have a separate hangar called Top Gun, like 
just like they showed in the movie or whatever. But uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, um, I know a couple of lads that I've worked with on different units. I've been to um, America, particularly sort of Nevada sort of region, um, so Nellis Air Force Base, um, China Lake testing range. Miramar as well. Uh, they've been to Miramar. A couple of yeah. lads have been to Miramar, uh, and they've said it's awesome. They love it. Yeah, it's a beautiful area out there, too. We went to a uh, an air show out there uh, before I got out of the military, and it was the best air show I've ever seen in my life, man. It was, it was really cool. And that was actually the first year that uh, the stealth, not the bomber, the stealth fighter, Oh, uh, the Nighthawk. Yeah, that was yeah. the first year it came out. So they they uh, showcased that at the. Uh, well, they didn't showcase it. You couldn't, you know, like normally at the uh, at the air shows, you can walk. They have all the planes or a lot of them, you know, on the flight line, and uh, or out there on the tarmac, whatever. And you can kind of walk around them, look at them, and stuff like that. That one they did not. They didn't want anyone close to it. All mm-hmm. it did was a flyby you know, at like towards the end of the air show and everybody was going crazy because it was this new, you know, technology or whatever. Yeah, that it was pretty cool. Um, there was a period of time during my phase two training where we get, well, kind of volunteered for additional <laughs> duties. Um, oh, yeah. And one of that was um, we have an air show over here called the Royal International Air Tattoo. Um, it's held at RAF Fairford, which coincidentally is an American base uh, in the UK. And I was aircraft guard for um, numerous US Air Force assets. So I was plugged outside the B-52 for a bit, making sure nobody walked off with it, you know, that kind of usual <laughs> military stuff. But, All right. Um, yeah, it was, it was awesome. I got to work with some... Uh, very good people from the United States Air Force and even um, the Italians and the French Air Force as well. The, 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 those guys were awesome. At the end of it all, we had a big kind of get-together in one of the hangars and we got speaking to some really awesome people who, you know, had done various different levels of different things. Some, you know, Air Force Special Operations Command people, you know, just had the most crazy stories about some of the <laughs> stuff that they've been involved with. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I love meeting people like that, you know, and especially when we were in, uh, when I was in the military, you know, meeting guys like that, that were, uh, you know, they had been around for a while and, and, uh, been over different places and seen some cool stuff. But, uh, yeah, it was, a it was a good time. I mean, I had a great time, uh, while I was in and, but I was kind of also glad to get out <laughs> yeah. you know, when, when I did, uh, you know, the inspections, like all the things that the reasons that we went into the military, you know, especially in the Marine Corps, uh, you, you get to do that very few times, you know, mm-hmm. most of it is the, uh, the mundane, you know, inspections and inspections and inspection, you know, getting everything ready, prepping inspections. And of course, you know, uh, physical training, you know, PT. So run, push-ups, run, push-ups. <laughs> and, uh, and of course, after uh, our day is drink all night. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> know that so, very well. Hell yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember, uh, you know, guys were like, oh, you probably straightened up once you went in the military. Because I, I got in a little bit of trouble, you know, like in high school and stuff. 
And um, I was like, no, bro, this is like <laughs> the number one place to drink. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and all the antics just take place in the military. And they, they, they sort of look at you and you can put away twice as many as your civvy mates. And it's just all of a sudden like... <laughs> You're the only sober one and everyone else is on the floor past it. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking for somebody else to keep drinking with. Like, what the yeah, hell? Yeah. <laughs> so how did you uh, end up in the Air Force? Like, is that something you always wanted to do? Um, yeah. So when I grew up in Scotland, there wasn't a lot of opportunities for uh, jobs or anything like that. But ever since I was a little boy, um, we lived near an airport and it was frequented quite a lot by NATO Air Forces. So anyone who wanted to use it could use it, essentially, because the civvies that ran it just weren't getting enough flying out of it. So hmm. I seen a fighter jet one day, and I was less like, I want to be a pilot. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, however, uh, my mathematical ability uh, got the better of me, and so I initially pursued the ambition of weapons tech, because I read a bit about the role and it really interested me. You were hands-on with aircraft and also um, you could do bomb disposal as well. And uh, I was very lucky because it was closing down. The Air Force were closing its bomb disposal team down to hand over to the Army because the Ministry of Defence were looking to justify money spending and stuff like right. that. So um, I got seconded on the last six months of the bomb disposal team's existence, and that was by far and away the highlight of my career. Really? What did yeah, you get to do yeah, there? Was, uh, so besides the obvious, of, I mean, you know, yeah, blowing yeah. shit and, up, I mean, right? Yeah, essentially, yeah. That, that's <laughs> that's what I did. Blow shit up. Got got to drink a lot, meet some new people, but also learn so much. Um. There was just so much that I didn't know was part of, you know, EOD and bomb disposal, which you think, oh, it's just all this red wire, blue wire, all driving robots around, blowing stuff right. up. But it's it's not. There's so much more to it, and it, it was awesome, and it was the best bunch of people I've worked with. Um, was it uh, – I mean, you have to learn a lot of, like, electronics? Um, Or more, like, the electrical – so we were quite a specialist team. So it wasn't it wasn't so much more about electronics. It was more about how you could use explosives to neutralize the the threat. The threat being the ordnance. So you know there is a bit of electronics to it because you know we maintain well the squadron maintained the robots. Um, that we would use for bomb disposal. So there was a lot of electronic engineering, but I, when it actually came to the ordnance themselves, like there wasn't a lot of sort of, you know, what you see in the hot locker, red wire, blue wire. <laughs> so yeah, um, it was more right. Okay, can we can we get rid of this in a very spectacular way, or can we burn that away? So um, you know, it was really really interesting to find that out and just blow stuff up at the end of the day what's not to like <laughs> right <laughs> yeah that's cool and then you went into uh weapons shooting stuff or at least fixing 
the stuff yeah. that shoots stuff, you know? Yeah, so that was, you know, like, as a result of coming away from bomb disposal, we got, I got put on uh, aircraft weapons. So that's where I'm stationed now. Um, so I'm at, I'm at fighter base in Lincolnshire. Um, and all we do is sort of load up aircraft, take stuff off aircraft, and um, maintain the ejection seat systems as well. Because oh, also okay. that's got ex- that's got explosives in it. So right, right. You know, yeah, I the, forgot about the, that. We're the only we're the only qualified persons that can work on an ejection seat system in the RAF. So it's um, now what kind of uh, I, I've heard different things about those uh, ejection seats, like what they use to propel. Is it like a um, Oh, go ahead. It's it's like a rocket propellant uh, yeah. underneath the underneath the seat. So it's it's what they call a rocket pack. Um, the solid rocket fuel, and it's just oh, once you pull that hand, once once you, once you pull that handle, it's zero to twelve Gs in a split oh second. Oh my god! That's that that's insane. <laughs> that's why the canopy has to get clear first, because if you if not, you're punching through that at a rate of knots. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, and then you're probably dead because it'll you know break your neck or whatever. But so the, does the uh, the canopy have to get? Does it have like yeah. a explosive on it as well? Yeah, uh, again, rocket motors on the canopy deflecting out, um, so it just it goes fast. Or uh, in some some situations, if it fails to go, um, there's like a miniature detonating cords. And the canopy that will just detonate the canopy, and oh, wow. the seat will fly through it. Oh, so it'll break it apart. That way, the, the yeah. pilot doesn't get okay. That's yeah, crazy. It's it's mental. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's mental. The level of because all that shit has to happen that. so fast, like in microseconds or milliseconds yeah. or whatever. <laughs> they they reckon on um, on the jets that I work work on. Um, I work on the Eurofighter Typhoon. So from the moment you pull the handle um, to you leaving the aircraft is about it's about point three seconds from your seat starting to climb out the climb out the canopy and you're separated from the seat and on the parachute within just just over a second. It's it's, it's mental. Yeah, it's like we you know I've seen them uh, in movies and stuff, but uh, you don't realize because a lot of times those uh, you don't really show in the movies. They don't really show that action. They'll sometimes they'll like slow motion or it's kind of like drawn back view. So you don't really yeah. see all these things that have to happen for this pilot to get out of there safely. You know, like the canopy yeah. getting out of the way and shit like that. Yeah, it's it, you know, there's there's all these different things. You know, like for for the likes of myself, I can't, I can't really take things like. Top Gun seriously when you see them <laughs> and go set his head in the canopy. But well, um, listen, bro. Being in the military, once you're in the military and you go through all that training and stuff, and then you try to watch a military movie or whatever, it, exactly. it fucks it up. It, it just it's done. It's done. You're all you do. I remember when I first got out, uh, my wife and I were sitting there watching me, and I I couldn't even keep my mouth shut. I'm just like, what the fuck? Like there, that's wrong. That's wrong. We don't do that, yeah. you know, because they're like portraying the Marines with the, you know, I'm like, you can never have your hair cut like that. You can never be, you know, whatever. <laughs> She's like, can you just shut up and watch the movie? <laughs> like, no. 
my girlfriend and I are watching, there's uh, a new television programme on in the UK right now co- called Trigger Point, and it follows um, the London Police's bomb disposal team. Mm. And I'm not allowed to say anything during the show because <laughs> I'm there picking out the most minute details and my girlfriend's like will you shut up <laughs> oh that's funny man yeah for yeah. sure I mean that's I guess that goes with any any kind of profession uh, you know with these guys you know once you study something or experience you know you have a lot of experience in it and then you watch a movie on it you're like bro this is not right can you hear the jet he- yeah, um, we are doing night flying at the minute, which is a bit weird considering they've got this storm warning in place for like 90 mile an hour winds and things oh, like shit. that. We're, wow. And we're sending jets up like willy nilly, but yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Hell yeah. So what was your favorite, uh, did you have a favorite moment when you were on the bomb squad, when you were learning that? Um, was there something yeah, that so, went crazy? Well, there was nothing that really any particularly crazy moment, but I, I guess... Uh, if I had to pick one standout moment, it was um, probably the first explosive I personally, you know, like set up and then uh, got rid of. So it was, we were doing a logistical demolition of some bombs that had gone out of date. So you can't guarantee this, they're going to safely detonate if they're out of date. So we just got rid of them. Um, and... You know, I was just fresh on the squadron at this point, and they were like, "Right, so you do this. You know, mold the mold the plastic explosive, put it put it here, so you know you get a you get a good detonation on it. Um, you know, setting up the uh, firing devices for the uh, for the detonators, and then at the end of it all, the uh, one of the sergeants that was managing the detonation detonator controller, uh, he handed it over to me and was like." Well, you set it up. Get rid of it. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Uh, so yeah, that was the first bit of live ordnance I, I got rid of was two five hundred pound bombs at the same time, and it looked amazing. Oh my god, two five hundred yeah. pounds! Holy yeah, shit. it was it was quite a blast. Quite a blast. We were stood about we were stood about a mile away, and um, the shockwave because of how how like humid the day was like you got an awesome shockwave off but <laughs> the sound just rolled up through the hills it oh was my awesome God. yeah <laughs> that's the one you want to uh, capture on film for like this is what a real you know explosion or explosion or bomb whatever feels like holy shit yeah now i, I know this is going to sound like a dumb question i never dealt with uh, explosives you know when i was in so uh, being that far away, do you run a debt cord that long? Um, how do you, you hook can. it? You can. However, I wouldn't advise it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, we we uh, used what's um, we used like a kind of radio received firing device. Oh, okay. Um, I can't go too much into it, obviously. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but. Um, you know, it cuts down the amount of wiring that you need to have, and it's just it's just a radio controlled um, gotcha. sort of device, a bit like a kind of uh, clacker that you would get for like um, C four or something like that that you see in these video games, like Call of Duty right. and things like that. Oh yeah. Um, now, do those uh, ever so, uh, fail? And then you have to go out there and check it. Um, I've never seen it fail. I've heard stories, 
but uh, usually you wait quite a long time before you have to before you send uh, the operators down to have a look at it, and uh, right. they to make the call as to what to do next. Well, uh, my last duty station, I was at uh, Camp Pendleton, which is in California, and yeah. uh, mm-hmm. when my wife and I got married, we lived off you know off base, so uh, we had an apartment off base. Well, I, I had to drive through a, a naval uh, ammo dump and, uh, you know, to get to work. So, because mm-hmm. I went in the back gate, well, to go through there, now that you got to remember, this is 1991, 92. And uh, it might still be like that now. I don't know. But uh, you could not have your radio on. And we didn't have cell phones, so they didn't have to worry about that. Yeah. But you couldn't have your radio, your car radio on while you were driving through. And it was like a 15-minute, you know, drive through this ammo dump. But uh, I remember the first time I went through there, I was like, can't have your radio on. Why? And a dude was like, you know, the guard, it, he was like, because we got missiles and bombs here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, radio it, signals. It's, it's about weirds. Um, what it, one of the portions I worked in, I worked in an ammunition dump for a little bit. Um so yeah, we hand our phones in at the uh, the guard post before we went into the site to do whatever work we were doing. Yeah, you know, it's 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 weird the amount of, the, the amount of little things in life that you just wouldn't expect would right. have that much of an impact. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, that is uh, that's cool, man. I, I I honestly did not know from your Instagram. I mean, I learned, I've only known you in the last couple of days or a week or whatever yeah. from your Instagram, and. Uh, I didn't know that you were in the military and had a background in that kind of stuff. You know, I'm sure you don't post a lot of that stuff on your airsoft thing. Uh, no, um, I try to keep it away from there, but I had a f- couple of people ask about why I wear an EOD patch for my helmet. So I, I thought um, I'll just, I, I, my most recent post, I kind of posted about, you know, my background is military, you know. But it's okay. funny you should say that. It's funny you should say that you couldn't tell because, um, this gentleman who is in the he's in the Royal Navy, uh, he follows he follows my page and he and he'd said before you put up the Air Force post, I knew you were forces, and I was like, oh, go on, do tell. And he was like, <laughs> the boots that you wear, those are issue boots. <laughs> oh shit! Okay, <laughs> I was like, this these little little tells little tells. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's funny. I mean, in real life, you know, you you have people, I'm sure. If you're off base, like you're on leave or something, uh, or on make whatever you guys call it, holiday or vacation or whatever, you're uh, yeah. if you're out with your girlfriend, you know you'll have some guys be like, "You in the military?" You know they can spot it. You know the yeah, way you walk, yeah. the way you hold yourself, maybe your haircut, whatever. And uh, but yeah, th- through the uh, pictures, um, and I'm just scrolling through your Instagram. I'm like, okay, and I was actually surprised you messaged me on there because uh, I think. Uh, I had messaged you originally, right? Asked you about being on the podcast. Yeah. 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 And, Um, uh, you didn't, I don't think you responded like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. But it was after a couple of, uh, podcasts I had done with some people in the UK. You hit me back. I was like, yeah, I'll I'll do it. Yeah. I just, it was one of them things that I was like, what'd I do it? What's, you know, what, what, What's there to me, you know, I, I started the Instagram just as like a kind of way of storing pictures off my phone to sort of look back on memories. And then all of a right. sudden I've got about a 
about 170 odd people now that are like, let's see what this raging Scotsman does on a weekend. Like, and, <laughs> besides uh, drink, <laughs> and besi- besides drink, yeah, and uh, <laughs> no, um, and I'm getting invited onto a podcast, and yeah, uh, I, I just thought, why not give it a go? It's it's more about you know connecting with different people, sharing different experiences, right? So. Yeah. Exactly. And I always have, uh, whenever I text somebody, you know, through Instagram, like, Hey, I'd love to have you on the podcast, whatever. I get probably like 50, 50 that are, you know, there's some of them that are like, ah, I don't know. I don't, I've never been on one. I don't know what, you know, uh, do you have a format? Do you have, you know, I think they hear the word podcast and they think it's kind of like structured. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, if they're asking those questions to me, they obviously don't know how I am because I am not structured <laughs> and I'm horrible at, you know, at talking and, and getting my point across. So, uh, uh, I'm like, no, it's very relaxed. There's no format. I don't, you don't need to prep for any questions. It, it's, you know, it's, I promise you, it's going to be just about your experience, you know, in airsoft or whatever. And usually it goes off on tangents, which, I, I mean, I love meeting new people and finding out their background and stuff like that. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it's fun, you know? And so it's it's been cool. So I was glad you uh, messaged me back and was, you know, we're able to do it today. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by Skirmish, the future of Airsoft gameplay management. Are you ready to take Airsoft to the next level? Skirmish's innovative gameplay solution keeps players and spectators engaged with real-time updates. Capture objectives, detonate targets, medic, and more at skirmish-enabled fields. Skirmish tracks every action so you don't have to. Review past games, action by action, and follow your progress in national rankings. Phones are not required. If you want to find out more, head to skirmish.net. And check out episode 157 of this podcast where I talk with the owner of Skirmish about how it started and how it works. Stay connected, my friends. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, just sorry about the jets, really. <laughs> oh, you're good, man. That's it's kind of a cool uh, effect in the background. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, how did you meet your girlfriend? Uh, it's a long story, really. But um, we, to shorten it down, we shared a friend. We had previously not met through that friend, but um, we all decided it was. I was back in May last year, and it was um, it was one of these holiday weekends where like everyone's off work on the Monday, so we thought, oh, let's go out drinking at the weekend. So there was like a whole bunch of us that you know was up for this, and uh, my friend had said, oh yeah, um, you know, there's a whole bunch of us going. Do you want to come? Like if you're off that weekend, I was like, yeah, sure, I'll book it off, and um, yeah. She came along to that, and we pet it off. It was one of them weird moments where, like, you meet someone in person, you get chatting, and it was instant click. It was oh yeah, quite surreal to be honest. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the best, man. When you uh, when you meet somebody and you have that chemistry, it is uh, it's it's really rare, you know. Absolutely. Um, coming from past experiences, you know, relationships <laughs> not being too. too good. But. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. That's cool. Well, I was going to ask, too. Sorry, man. I've been uh, – right. I work construction, 
And uh, the last two days I've been sanding drywall. So, oh, God. so we, we're, you know, just as a side note, we're, we're almost done with this unit that we're working on. And, uh, but all of a sudden the plans change because they're like, no, we want to move this light three inches over. <clears throat> so we're like, bro, we already got it set in there, you know? So now we got to take it out, rip, rip the, you know, all the electrical out the box and cut a new hole, patch the other one right? Mud it and sand it. So the last couple of days I've been fixing these other things and, uh, and sanding, I try to mute it, but anyway, uh, it is. So right before I texted you, uh, I had just got home from work and all morning I was sanding like three different spots, you know, like this big, whatever. Mm. And I wear, you know, something over my face, but bro, when you take that shit off, it just, <laughs> you, you can't get away from this yeah. dust. No, no. So, uh, I'm anyway, if you see me, uh, you know, coughing a lot, it's, I'll, tr I'll try to mute it and not cough in your ear. But, uh, anyway, yeah, I was going to ask if, uh, you, um, you know, did your girlfriend know that you were in the military when obviously she knew when you met her, right? Yeah. Um, and she's cool so with we, it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we got talking a little bit and, um she asked what i did and i told her and um she i don't think she'd met anyone directly sort of her age that was in the forces so for her it was quite new and interesting so she talked to me about, about what i did you know different kind of stuff and yeah awesome with it that's cool and she's not she didn't live too far away from where you're stationed um in the UK, some some people might consider it far away, but I imagine for someone <laughs> in the US, where literally like it could be four hours from one end of a state to another, it's it's nothing. But uh, yeah, so she's about two hours away from the station. Oh, okay. So. okay. Yeah, that's it's, not it's, terrible. It's not that far. Right. Well, I guess it, when when you're not in the military, we have the same thing here. Like our expectations, like if uh, somebody had a relationship uh, and they're not in the military, you know, uh, they usually uh keep it close right it's yeah. uh you know within an hour drive or whatever but when i don't know what it is but uh whenever you you know meet somebody and you're in the military like hey wherever i'm staying i don't have a choice you know wherever i'm stationed and typically you meet somewhere else uh besides yeah. where you're stationed so you know two three four hours i remember when uh when i got out of um school and i was getting my orders uh, my first orders were overseas in uh, Okinawa, Japan. Bloody hell. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so, uh, and my girlfriend, who is my wife now, my girlfriend at the time was like, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> like 10,000, you know, all the way across the other side of the world. But, um, and we didn't have, you know, we had, we still had to use pay phones back when I was over there. But, um. Jesus. Yeah, it was 1990, bro. Still had yeah. payphones. <laughs> no, I'm saying, uh, you probably never heard of this company. It was the company called MCI that uh, you would buy long distance cards, uh, calling cards from to, uh, you know, either insert into the, the phone, kind of like a credit card or whatever, or uh, put in a number. You'd have to punch in this long ass number before you made the call. And uh, that would give you long distance minutes you know, yeah. for you to talk. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, she's like, holy shit. And I was stationed there for a year. And, um, so she was going to college and she was like, well, 
you know, I'll just wait for you. And I was like, well, look, <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. Cause you know, being apart for a year, you don't know. But yeah, most of the time, if you're within, you know, a driving distance, like four or five hours, uh, and you have a relationship when you're in the military, it's, uh, it usually works out okay. Then Gosh. again, <clears throat> now with social media and, and phones and the way you can, you know, FaceTime and video chat and all that kind of stuff, it, uh, it really changed things. I was talking to my wife uh, a couple of weeks ago about how I'm doing these podcasts. I'm like, uh, yeah, I just did a podcast with this girl in the UK. She's like, in the UK? I'm like, yeah, this is... And I, so I showed her how I recorded and stuff. And uh, she's like, that is so cool that you're meeting all these people different, you know, in different places. And because uh, I feel like we're in the same room talking to each other, you know, when, when it's like this. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's way different than just being on the phone like an audio call, you know. So I've had a couple people ask me when I asked them to uh, be on the podcast. I've had a couple people ask me, uh, can, I don't, I'm not comfortable on video. Uh, can you just, you know, call me you know, like audio? And I was like, I could, uh, and I can record it that way, but it's, it's not the same dynamic. Like when you're meeting somebody new, it's way different. I mean, like, bro, I'm going to be like a telemarketer, you know, uh, on an audio <laughs> call. Like if you don't have this person's face that, you know, where you're talking and stuff, but, uh, yeah, it, it makes a big difference, but that's good that she is, uh, your girlfriend's close where you can, uh, you know, take leave or whatever and, and go hang out with her. Ah, yeah. it's, it's pretty good, and um, the station that we're on is pretty, pretty cool with uh, vis visitors as well, so she can get across any time that she wants to come across as well. Oh, so. that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. The, uh, the base I was on, my last duty station, Camp Pendleton's huge uh, as far as the whole base, but um, <clears throat> I worked on a smaller base. It was a uh, shooting range where, uh, well, a lot of different, you know, companies came there and, and practiced, uh, you know, and trained and whatever. So like the, uh, the, the uh, Marine Corps sniper team that traveled around the, the world, you know, those sniper competitions they have, they would train there as well. So they had, uh, and it was a really small base, but they had really high uh, security, like restrictions and stuff. So my wife could never come out there. Like she could come on to Camp Pendleton. I could meet her outside of the base I was on, but not in there. So mm, it was, yeah. uh, yeah, she was always pissed about that. She's like, I want to see where you work. I'm like, well, I, you can't. <laughs> so <laughs> It's cool that uh, your girlfriend come out there and kind of hang out. Did we get in some lag? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Oh yeah. 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 You probably didn't hear the last <laughs> sentence. So just so you know, <clears throat> you know, this recorded, whatever I'll, I'll cut those. This is a very common thing that happens. Mm. So during the, uh, when I edit, uh, I'll cut those pieces out, you know, so if you can't hear me, uh, if I'm talking and you can't hear like pretty much anything for like five seconds, whatever, just, just go like that or something like that. Okay. And yeah. we'll, yeah. And we'll just wait for whatever the problem is, uh, whether it's the internet on either end or discord, uh, we'll just wait for it to catch up. So the, yes, uh, yes, the yes. podcast I just released this morning with, uh, Chris in, uh, the Netherlands, we had Christ, it was like five or six different <laughs> spots where the whole video and audio just locked up and it was like a good two minutes. So we're just sitting there like, 
Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I just go in and cut those out uh, yeah. so that the podcast, you know, sounds smooth anyway. So if there's anything like that, yeah, you know, just be like, okay, I can't hear you. Uh, we'll just stop for a second. It'll catch up and it usually works out fine. But the problem is then we have to remember what the hell we said two minutes ago to finish the sentence, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, uh, but anyway. Got to play some guesswork. Yeah, no shit, right? Hmm. But uh, yeah, it's it's good that, uh, you know, you're able to get get up with your girlfriend and she can come there and visit you on base. And, you know, you have that, uh, that kind of flexibility there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it certainly makes it easier on the, on the old driving, uh, for, for myself. Cause oh, for sure. you know, being, I'm, I'm stationed, um, in the South of the UK. So I'm in England. Um, but in case you can tell from the accent, I'm actually from Scotland. So it's a good <laughs> five, six hour drive to, uh, to where I'm from. And it's it's not an easy five six hour drive as well, particularly on the the kind of recent times with the weather. But um, uh, is it like yeah. uh, the windy roads or real mountainous or something? It can be. So the main routes up in Scotland are mainly motorways, so that's kind of f fortunate within itself. But because um, I'm on the east side of the UK currently. Um, I need to cross over to get to the west coast of Scotland, which is where my, my parents live. So I, I've got two ways of doing this. I can either travel all the way up the east coast and end up in like uh, the capital of Scotland and then cross over there, which can be a pain at the best of times. Or I can risk going over um, some mountains, right? And the, the roads there, they're not horrific, but they have markers at the side of the road telling you how deep the snow is. So... Holy shit! <laughs> it, can, it, can, it can be particularly hairy. Um, I remember one time going home on Christmas leave, I was literally following a snowplow the whole way. I'm like, I'm not coming out from behind this guy. <laughs> no I'm telling way. you. <laughs> if I come out from behind this guy, I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> like you're like, partway through, you're like, oh shit, I got to piss. And you're like, oh, I don't care. I'll piss my pants. I got to stay with this, you know, <laughs> flying yeah. off the road if you don't. Yeah, but on the whole, it's, it's, it's not a bad drive, to be fair. You get you get some nice windy back roads um, towards my house and in Scotland, then it's, it's, it's pretty nice. It's quite picturesque, really. Nice. So you, you still have your parents that live there, and then do you have siblings? Uh, yeah, I've got a younger brother who still lives with my parents as well so um and we've always got family pet as well so we've got dog and it's it's always good to go back and see see the dog he's always happy to see me <laughs> yeah isn't that funny yeah it's like no matter who uh whatever kind of relationships you have the dog is always you know glad to see you absolutely <laughs> <laughs> were your parents uh cool with you going in the military uh they weren't initially <laughs> <laughs> really? Um, they were sort of like, were, it's that kind of classic, they don't want their son going away, you know, potentially to a dangerous location right. um, and, you know, putting themselves at unnecessary risk in their eyes. Um, but, you know, I, I, I sort of said to them, you know, like, it's kind of my choice, it's what I want to do, um, you know, and... 
it would it would be really really awesome for me to get this opportunity to go out there and do this. Um, and you know, eventually came round to the idea, and now they couldn't be prouder. Honestly, I think throughout the time growing up, where I said that you know I want to join the forces, um, just watching me progress um, through like school and that, and you know that determination to join up, join the forces, join join the RAF, like was always there. Um, yeah. They were a bit like you know they they were so made up when I when I finally got to the end of basic training and they got to come down and see me at my past graduation parade. It was so 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 good. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's probably one of my highlights with uh, with my parents was graduation day from boot camp. Yes, yeah. uh, bro, it is because I had a lot of turmoil and stuff. Uh, my my dad and I butted heads a lot when I was a teenager. <clears throat> so uh, when I graduated, you know, they came down for the graduation, and uh, it was one of one of the best moments with my parents, you know, that, uh, cause they, they were kind of like, you, you know, your, your parents, they didn't want me to go in. Well, my mom didn't want me to go in. She was afraid I was going to, you know, get hurt obviously. But, uh, my dad just, yeah, we, we just did not get along at the time. And, hmm. uh, and after that, you know, it was pretty, it was pretty good. You know, he was, uh, he was pretty, you know, really proud of me and stuff. And it was a, it was a cool feeling, not just for myself graduating, you know, from boot camp and making it through, but, uh, but to have my parents there and, uh, and my sister was there as well. well I have two sisters, but, uh, only one could make it at the time. But, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a great feeling, you know? So then once I went back home on leave and I would see him, it was fine. But initially when I told them I was going to sign up, cause I did the same thing you did, uh, from like the time I was like 12, I knew I wanted to be a Marine. That was it. I was, uh, that was, I didn't care about anything else. And, uh, and when I was like 15, I was hanging out in the uh, recruiting office. Like, <laughs> when can I sign up? When can I sign up? <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, yeah. And they were always against it. But then, you know, after I graduated, made it through, it was, uh, it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, my parents were, you know, they obviously looked into it a lot, uh, prior and I think they, I think they started warming up to the idea really. Um, yeah. and, uh, I, I remember I, just before I put my application and, um, we went to the careers office, um, in Glasgow and I brought my parents with me just so I could show them, you know, like all the different, you know, jobs that you could do. Um, you know, the recruiters, you know, they're very good at selling. <laughs> oh yeah, they are. That's oh, their job. Oh, yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and you know, like they heard a bit about it and my dad's turned around to me, um, after we got out of the careers office and he turned around to me and he said, um, he's jealous that I'm, you know, signing up to do all this and he wish he'd done something similar when he was, when he was younger, but yeah. Hey ho. Yeah, most of the guys I've worked with and grew up with, you know, uh, just after I got out of the military and stuff, uh, guys from high school that we've connected on Facebook or whatever, uh, most of the guys I've I've talked to have always said the same thing. I wish I wouldn't. I wish I would have went into the uh, military, you know. And um, I think it's uh, you know it's one of those things where a lot of us guys that we want to do and. 
not even for bragging rights, man. It's like, uh, I want to prove it to myself that I can do mm. this. And, uh, it just, it looks cool. You know, when you're, I mean, I, I watched, uh, full metal jacket a hundred times oh, before, I went, <laughs> before I went in the, you know, went to boot camp, and I was like, oh shit, I'm going to get my ass kicked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I did, you know, and it was great. I loved it. When I got out of boot camp, uh, uh, we were all talking. My buddies were like, when I went back home on leave, they're like, uh, <clears throat> so you hated boot camp. I'm sure you never want to do it again. I was like, no, I want to go back. <laughs> oh, I yeah. said the same thing on, uh, on graduating, but if, um, if I could go back and do it all again, I would just to get the same, yeah. just to get the same result. It's, 100%. It's, it's that feeling of standing there at the end. You're in your dress uniform. Your family's yep. there watching you. You stand that little bit taller that day. It's it's so good. Absolutely, yeah. When you go through something really difficult, especially physically and mentally, you know, Mm. uh, you you come out way different on the end. You know, Uh, yeah. My parents sort of remarked that you know um, the first couple of first couple of weeks after I came out of basic training, they just started phase two. Um, We had a lot of um, uh, time off towards the start of our course for a uh, weapon school and um you know they were already saying you've changed you're yeah. so much more like you carry yourself differently and everything like that it's so weird so weird yeah. how, it, how it just changes you like that yeah for sure it's a good feeling absolutely yeah so did uh, your military career kind of like lead you into airsoft or what what got you into airsoft in the first place so airsoft and wise, <laughs> initially, I was the kind of typical military guy of airsoft is just a bunch of kids who spend yep. like three thousand pounds worth of gear and just I felt the have same literally <laughs> no idea how to use it. Yep. And um, one one day, I was I was with my girlfriend, um, and a couple of friends said that they were going airsoft, and and they said, "Do you, do you want to come with?" And I was like, ah, do I don't I? And eventually I was like, yeah, why not? Brought my girlfriend along. And we had we had an awesome day. We had a really fun day. Um and that was and that was an outpost. And I was like, I'm still not convinced just yet of this for me. But you know, it's it's um it's 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 been pretty it's pretty good, you know, as some and uh I went to my local site the next weekend, literally the next weekend, I booked in at, uh, at my local site. Um, and yeah, I was hooked ever since at that point. Like I was straight in there. It's, it's that, it's replicating the kind of skills that you have um, sort of out in the field. I, mean, I say that you kind of skills out, go out the window when you're dealing with some random kid who's running around the field with an HPA and <laughs> <laughs> you get no oh, idea yeah. how to deal oh, with yeah. that. No shit, yeah. except punch him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I, after after that, I was hooked and uh, eventually got my Ukara, bought my first gun. Now I've got so much gear, I don't know what to do with. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a rabbit hole of uh, endless amounts of money, bro. Yeah. 
yeah, my wallet is definitely feeling lighter after <laughs> after um, you know getting into this hobby. But I, I enjoy it so much, and mm-hmm. the people that I play with are awesome. You know, uh, whether it's people from work that uh, I go and play with at my local site, or my girlfriend and her family, and you know, some friends over in Chester that I play with, they they're awesome. Like such a good bunch of people. That's cool. Yeah, that's uh, it's good that you know, like your girlfriend enjoys it as well. You know, there's a it it, it is a really good community. The airsoft community is uh, is very different from a lot of them. And I've said this a hundred times on all these other you know people I talk to, but uh, it makes a huge difference. You know, kind of getting in that group because everyone makes you feel welcome. You know, when you get there, uh, and it, it is a you know because they start out the same way. Yeah, and it is uh, a really cool uh, team, I guess, or family environment, whatever to be a part of that, uh, you know, builds camaraderie. And I think, you know, if you just go play and never knew anyone there, uh, it really, uh, it's not the same. You know, it's uh, yeah. going there when you meet all the people, hear their stories, how they got, you know, excited about Airsoft. And then uh, you connect with them because you, you know, you're excited about Airsoft as well. And so when you go back, like you're instant friends, you know? Yeah. So um, the, the whole community is like that. Yeah. That there was a couple of a couple of guys at my local site who aren't involved in the military, but um you know, even in um my first time going there um just by myself and because um, it was that weekend after uh I'd been with everyone else over in Chester and I I just got there got my rental package and um they already could see i've got you know like positive weapon and they were like are you sure you haven't done this before i was like i've got a little bit of outside training there (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and um but yeah we got talking and you know they were awesome you know just giving me a little bit of hints and tips about you know the field you know um electric guns everything like that just give me just give me sort of like little bit of pointers here and there just to kind of up my game a little bit and now i'm i'm, I'm can hold my own against uh multiple individuals so it's uh it's, it's it's been really really good and it's been an awesome learning experience at the same time yeah yeah it's really fun when you uh are able to do you know something you really enjoy and mm. uh and the community you know the the team and the people around you that you go to are uh, are that enthusiastic about what they're doing, you know, uh, as well. So it's a uh, it's a really cool thing to be a part of. Oh yeah, um, and even with myself, I've, I've got a sort of little bit of a kind of nerdy fascination with firearms, anyway. So um, right. you know, <laughs> I was always sort of drawn to. Uh, joined to airsoft but just put off by these little kids but um, <laughs> so far I haven't bumped into you know like this full cry wearing nods that full works but I imagine they are out there looking somewhere in the shadows ready to pounce out at me because they spent £14,000 on their equipment but um, oh their parents did yeah all, all the parents did yeah, they're, yeah. that old yes but the bank of mum and dad it never right. ceases to amaze yeah and that's uh yeah, I think, uh, you know, most of the guys I've talked to, they haven't had those experiences, you know, most of the time, like on the fields. It's uh, it's a, 
same thing that happens with everything else in life, like the social media thing. If you look at, you know, all these different reels and videos, whatever, uh, on your phone, it's, uh, you think the world's going to fucking die tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Like airsoft (laughs) is all filled with, you know, 12 year old idiots with HPAs and just, you know, raging and blasting somebody from five feet away, uh, getting kicked off the fields. You think the, uh, you know, the, the air's on fire because of COVID you think, you know, it's just like, if you just get away from that a little bit and you go out in the real world, uh, that's not what happens. So, it is, uh, you know, the airsoft thing is for sure the same where uh, you go and you're like, oh, I have all these expectations because all I've seen are these videos that show, you know, ragers uh, just blasting, you know, cheaters, not calling their hits, like all this kind of thing. And you go out there and play a couple games and you're like, that's not happening here. <laughs> no, nah, and my experience has been overwhelmingly positive. Um, just going out, playing some cracking games, having some fantastic moments. Uh, even even without even without a constant camera on my head or on a gun, you know, just living those moments, been in and remembering them, having the on-site photographer catch something that is that is amazing. It's it's. It, it's bloody brilliant. I love it. <laughs> it's so yeah, good. That is um, cool. I, I've managed to rope some of my friends to get involved in it as well. And yeah, they, they are starting to get involved with it. And I'm hoping if I can get a few more in, then, you know, we'd have a great wee potential team on the, on the horizon, but we'll right. see. We'll see. That's cool. So what's your, uh, what's your main weapon you run right now? Uh, I've actually got it right here. Cause it's, uh, I'm Hell just yeah. doing a bit of maintenance on it. It's oh, a dude, that looks awesome. It's a G and G Armaments uh, SBR 308 Mark II. It's, nice. You know, got it out of the box and haven't really needed to upgrade it because it does the job. <laughs> so it's 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 lethal. It is absolutely lethal. I love it. The only complaint is I've got about it is. The magazines are only like I've only come across the forty round magazines for them. Mm. Uh, I would, uh, now, for me, like it's not a problem, right? Because I I've obviously used to real capacity magazines anyway. Right. Um, but you know, I would appreciate one hundred and twenty rounds or something <laughs> like that, just so I can use full auto. Because if I use full auto on that, it, it's just gone instantly. Yeah, and then you're having to reload, but. Um, yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. I've not had any faults with it at all, and it's it's definitely got me out of a few sticky situations. Yeah, it looks cool too with that skeletonized uh, handguard in the front and all that. Yeah, yeah, it's the uh, the M lock kind of style rail system up front. It's it looks yeah. amazing. It kind of reminds me of the um, reminds me a little bit of the MCX. Carbine yep. that the uh, Metropolitan Police Counterterrorism Police use that uh, yeah. at the moment, and it looks sick. Yeah, that's awesome, <laughs> dude. For real, I want one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> There's a lot of things I want. <laughs> now, are yeah. you guys uh, where you're at? Uh, are you allowed to own a firearm? Uh, so in the UK, it's very difficult to get a firearm. 
very yeah. difficult. And the ones that we can get are, well, they're limited to say the least. Um, it's um, so we it's can like a own single shot, right? Yeah, yeah, we can own semi-automatics, um, but they can only be chambered in two-two long rifle. Yeah. So, uh, little little tiny pew. Um, yeah. But if you want, if you want full ball. Oh, um, so say if you wanted, because you can own an AK-47 and it's full right. caliber, right? But it needs to be manual action. So the gas system gets removed and you need to cock it each time. So Right. Um, so I was, yeah. I was thinking, because uh, I had heard that before. Uh, I think I was talking with uh, one of the, uh, another guy. I think he lives close to where you're, uh, where you're at up there. Uh he was saying the same thing where it has to be like a lever action or a pump action or something like that. And, yeah. uh, I was wondering if, I guess, uh, in the military, do you have any, do they give you any kind of special, uh, connections where you can get a different kind of firearm? Or is that like, no matter it's for the whole country, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's one of them blanket rules okay. where it applies yeah. to everyone. Um, I would love to be able to, you know, be able to have a full bore weapon there on semi-automatic and yeah. you know, use it responsibly because I'm a responsible citizen. I don't dream of about course. going out and, yeah. you know, being a criminal with it. But um, current state of affairs in the UK, it's just um, they they just limit absolutely everything. But yeah. Um. Yeah, you can still shoot fun and exciting things. It's just they've either got to be down calibered or manual action. Gotcha. Yeah, it's 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 quite a controversial subject, and it's it's one of them that everyone's got everyone's got their own fifty pence on the subject. Um, right. But yeah, um, I've, I've I mean I've had the chance to sh to shoot both you know, UK compliant firearms and through the military, you know, being able to shoot um full bore weapons as well. Right. Um what are you guys uh, train with uh in, in boot camp? Uh, it's the absolutely totally not broken at all L eighty five A two. Um that's <laughs> uh I'm sure is infamous I gotcha. for the Infamous threat in community as being the most horrific service weapon known to man. And it is now, what is 100... this now? It's the L85. It's, okay. It's, it's, it's on the A3 modification now, because it's, it's that good. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Oh I, I, God, I, I, I absolutely hate it. Is it's it jam? Awful. I've never had a jam on me, but I've seen people get stoppages left, right, and centre for yeah. varying different reasons, and it's yeah, it's it's not great. It's not it's <laughs> no, not it's, it's not it's not great to maintain either. It's too complicated. Really? Oh yeah. yeah. God, that sucks. Yeah. yeah, we had the uh, so when I was in, we had the uh, M60 when we were train on the M60 machine gun. You know, it's that classic scene in the uh, the first Rambo where he's running through town, you know, and he does the, ah, yeah. Uh, so that thing. And I was like, bullshit, that would not work like that, okay, when I first saw mm -hmm. the movie because it jammed all the time. It was a real common thing. But, uh, you know, that got replaced with the uh, 240 Bravo, which the uh, military uses now, but um, which does not jam and apparently shoots 
wonderful. I've never tried it. But uh, so we had to train on that. And I was like, bro, what is up with this fucking weapon? This thing sucks ass. (laughs) the, The barrel heats up. It jams constantly. You know, it's belt fed. It jams constantly. The barrel heats up. Uh, so bad, you gotta, you know, you have to have your egg on her uh, with a barrel right there. You gotta swap it out. Yeah. Whereas the uh, 249 saw that we, you know, I trained on as well, they, uh, they're still in service today. Those things are fucking awesome. But um, yeah, <clears throat> you know, it. So we had we had issues with that kind of thing too. Now our M16s that we use, the A2s, uh, those things are great. They. I mean, great, uh, and I'm I'm sure the M4s uh, are good as well. But uh, but yeah, our M60s that was our LT5 or LR5, whatever <laughs> you know, the ones you're shooting now. Yeah, yeah, the ones we hated to to mess with. Yeah, um, we we have a, a variant of the M240 in service with the British military because oh, it's nice. based off the same uh, weapons platform. Um, yeah called the general purpose machine gun okay and it's um it's awesome oh it's so cool uh, i like I, I did uh, a small arms maintainer course so but i've done everything right up to from pistol uh through to the machine gun and uh we got to test fire it and it was so awesome. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, once, once I went, once I went back onto the rifle, I was like, "This thing's pathetic." <laughs> Just oh yeah, get rid of it. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's a bull pop. Who even likes bull pops? <laughs> oh, dude, their bull pops are hard to get used to, man. Like, I've never shot one like a real steel one. Mm. Uh, I've only done the you know the ones we've gotten in with airsoft. And I yeah. just can't get used to the uh, where the mag is and the freaking the, the the hand uh, or the you know the pistol grip area. It's like it's it's very different and hard to get used to. I don't I don't I'm not used to it. I don't like it. Uh, it seems very difficult to transition to other weapons when you're using that thing. It's it was a bit weird for myself because um, I've obviously got a conventional style airsoft weapon and obviously being trained on a bill pop you know it's it's getting used to that muscle memory it's getting used to you know like the magazine being forward of the trigger getting used to the fact that i can swap shoulders with the airsoft gun but i can't with the with the l85 it's it opens up so many different doors and it was it was when somebody somebody asked me are you going to get an airsoft L85, and I was like, fuck no. <laughs> no. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I oh, want yeah. something that I can actually use. No shit, dude. Yeah, yeah I hear you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, man, it's uh, it has been great uh, talking with you. It's been a while um, that we've been talking. I don't know how long, but uh, I yeah, usually try like to keep them... Yeah, I know, right? It's uh, it's been an hour and five minutes. Bloody hell! <laughs> Didn't realize I could talk for that long. No, well, I'm glad. You know, that's that's kind of how I wanted these to, uh, you know, just like I said, just be natural. Uh, there's no format. We'll just bullshit. And usually, I can only last an hour because I'm drinking while I'm doing these. Like every podcast, I'm drinking beer. So about an hour in. 
Me I'm too. about to fucking yeah. Cheers, brother. <laughs> cheers, bro. <laughs> I'm about to fucking piss myself. You know what I mean? So uh, <laughs> sometimes I'll be talking to somebody. I'm like, all right, awesome. You know, hey, uh, it was great talking. And they're like, oh, has it been that long? And I'm like, uh, for me, my eyeballs are floating. So you know, <laughs> we, need, we need to uh, end it. But uh, yeah, man, it was really good to meet you. And I'm so glad you texted me back. Uh, you know, thank you for your service. You know, it's something that uh, obviously from one veteran to uh, active duty, you know, appreciates. No, appreciate but that. Um, yeah, absolutely, man. So uh, hopefully we'll uh, be able to do this again in a few months when, you know, you've got a team together or played some bigger games. We have something to talk about or absolutely something at work, you know, you want to. Talk about some missiles you blew up or whatever. <laughs> so, but yeah, man, it was awesome to meet you, and uh, thanks for being on here. Ah, uh, no, thank you, thank you for having me. Really appreciate awesome. it. All yeah. right, brother, have a good night. And you.